save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. From an undisclosed broadcasting location. This is a test. For the next 60 seconds, this station will conduct a test of the emergency broadcast system. America, here comes the relief from the pain. Unapologetically, this is Lock and Load with Bill Brady. Good afternoon. This is Lock and Load, and joining me now, he just got back from Indianapolis. That's why he wasn't with us earlier in the week. But joining me now is the uh, editor-in-chief at thetruthaboutguns.com, and that is Dan Zimmerman. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So tell me about the NRA annual meeting. I know there's uh, at least two new members of the board, and uh, I have some thoughts about that we don't have to go into. What was your overall uh thought process on this when you what what did you see what did it look like it like it just went on as normal or what would you think well yeah a couple things number one excuse me it was was in indianapolis which is a good thing that is the best city in the country for the nra convention uh just because of the proximity of everything to downtown you can stay downtown it's all very walkable walk to the venue Um, yeah you can walk to the venue there are tons of great restaurants around you can cab in from the airport and not have to drive anywhere else uh, if you don't need to. There's, um, there's a place between – I stayed at a, uh, at a hotel, and there was a restaurant between me and the venue called The Yard. And that had yeah, the best that. burger I've ever eaten in my life. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the food's good. The people are nice. Everything's great. They've got one of the best cigar bars in the world there. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's just a lot of great reasons to love seeing that show in Indianapolis. Uh, aside from that, um, the NRA demonstrated that the actual, the annual, uh, convention and meetings are back, um, after, you know, a couple of years canceled, um, uh, due to COVID and last year, um, what went on, the circus that was Houston, which was still reduced by COVID and probably reduced by gas prices at the time, which were up around $5 a gallon, and the fact that there were literally hundreds of screaming protesters all around the Houston Convention Center because it took place uh, about, I don't know, a week to 10 days after Uvalde, the Uvalde shooting. Uh, that was, that was, crazy last year. It was kind of a goat rodeo. But but the um, so the, the attendance last year was probably down by a half to a third. So this was the first real year since COVID that the 
convention was held and was, I was really interested to see what the response would be. And by any measure, the NRA convention is back. Every bit as big as it used to be in terms of uh, attendance. Um, there were throngs of people there. Um, I don't know. I think I heard something like 60,000 attendees. Of course, was the official number that the NRA announced. I don't put much stock in those numbers. It's usually padded or who, who knows. But anyway, just from just from the eyeball test, it, the, there were just as many people there as there had been in previous pre-COVID conventions. Well, that's good. And uh, a lot of open carry going on, I understand. There were some. I didn't see a lot. Um uh, you saw the occasional open carrier, uh, but um, uh, there's certainly a lot of people who were concealed carrying. That was perfectly legal there, um, and I'm sure lots of people took um, took advantage of that, and um, we saw some cool things. So anything new, anything new that you took away? Any, any new guns or anything out there? Yeah, there's a, a few, and one of the most interesting, um, just because it's a big departure for them, it was the new uh, Henry Big Boy revolvers that they announced right before the show. Henry obviously has been in the rifle business um, for a long time and make, makes uh, what we consider to be very good rifles, um, very popular rifles. Uh, they have a shotgun or two in their lineup. But now they've jumped into the revolver business with um, 357 38 revolvers, two styles, one with a combat type grip and one with a bird's head grip and they're, they're blued steel, a nice finish on them, uh, nice touches, uh, and they were they drew a lot of attention at the show. I saw them. I... <laughs> a lot of people aren't revolver people anymore, but I, no, I, I, I mean, So, the, the revolver, see, okay, coming out of Henry's, I, would, I, I sincerely would have expected a... Uh, you know, like a single-action cowboy kind of gun. Although I know, mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people, I, I did it myself, a lot of people will take their Henry's lever-action gun and steampunk it and uh, all this other stuff and uh, make it, you know, put a rail on it, put a skeletonized stock on it and everything, and, and make it, I don't know if that makes it better, but I just expect it's sort of a cowboy-type thing. Who knows? Maybe they'll do that big leap to go from... Rifles to handguns. That's a very different manufacturing process. Right. Uh, and we talked to the folks at Henry there. Um, so now that they're in it, I think the next one, next version is going to be the same gun in 22, probably with, you know, nine or 10 round capacity. Uh, in fact, we may even see that by the end of the year. But then after that, who knows where they'll go. Maybe they might get into a single action gun, which I think would be very cool to go up against, you know, some of the uh, offerings from companies like Ruger, the single six, and, simil- and Colt, and similar makers. Well, in any event, I- I'm sorry I didn't get to make it there. I- I- I like- I'm like you. I like the venue there quite quite a bit and i mean in vegas you got to walk so far to go anywhere and it but but in, but in indianapolis i mean you go into the venue you're passing you're passing shopping you're passing restaurants and then the your your hotel is right there and then i mean it's just so everything's so convenient it's it's a lovely venue to 
to do anything. Uh, it's true. It's it's just great. Um, I, if, they, if they decided to hold it in uh, Indianapolis every year, I'd be thrilled. Well, that would certainly. I've I've often wondered why they 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 jump from place to place. But at the same time, I would really like it if they moved Shot Show. To be honest with you, I like Shot Show to be a little closer to where. If if Shot Show was between me and you, that would be ideal. <laughs> yeah, well, the NRA seems to try to keep it all in the middle of the country: um, Houston, Dallas, uh, St. Louis. Um, uh, Indianapolis, Louisville, Nashville, those those types of it. I think, uh, didn't they have Atlanta a year or so ago, something like that? Yeah, they sure did. Yeah. The Dallas one, I, the Dallas one was about the furthest one I've managed to go to. But in any event. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, general, again, I love Indy. It was a good, uh, it was a good weekend. Lots of, uh, good people. Lots of new products this year, more than I think most NRA shows. So uh, it was a, it was a good weekend spent. Well, in any event, I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you had safe travels and everything, and all that other fun stuff. And uh, in your absence, of course, the truth about guns the truth about guns never rests. The website itself it never rests. Uh, Dan has a veritable legion of writers that are writing all kinds of different articles, all kinds of different things, covering the entire spectrum of the gun culture, the gun life, if you will. And just because he and some of his writers take off and go from Austin, Texas to Indianapolis, that doesn't stop. It never stops. That's why I go there once a day, at least once a day. But you can go as many times as you want. It's still going to change. But anyway, we got more to come when we get back. Talking to Dan Zimmerman. This is Lock and Load. load and i am speaking with dan zimmerman he is mobile at the minute moving around doing things and all kinds of other stuff and recently you've got an article on the uh you've got an article on the website submitting a atf form one to make or assemble your own nfa firearm is easy and fast um let's talk about that because i just had to do one and uh, it took me did you have a, had a brace pistol say yes Yes, I just went ahead. Exactly. I just went ahead and formed one. But what I did, right, what I did was I did it the easy way, which the easy way to do it for me was to go to find a silencer shop kiosk and get, you know, sign up for the silencer shop account. And then it has, you can put your picture in there and you can put your fingerprints in there and everything else. And then they actually submit the form one after you go through their process. And boom, it's submitted. Exactly, and that's that's what we mentioned in the article too. That really is by far 
the easiest way to do any of this. And we brought, we wrote the article, uh, because you've got a week left, um, in the, uh, free registration period, the tax, so that, uh, you don't have to pay for a tax stamp for braced pistols. Um, I, the silencer shop is cutting those off after April 26th. Um, and so if you want to go through the ATF amnesty period and register your pistol without having to pay, that nasty $200 tax stamp, you can do that. Right. Uh, as you said, the best way to do that is to find a store near you with a silencer shop key out. And I, I, you go to the silencer shop uh, website, and they've got a list of those all around the country. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you can attest better than I can. That's a, it's a very easy process. And it doesn't take a year like it does, you know, if you buy a suppressor or anything like that. If you do that electronically, it takes like four to six weeks or something. Right. It's a pretty fast process. Right. And when it comes back, I'm going to put a regular stock on it and a vertical foregrip on it because it'll be a short-barreled rifle. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. And so, uh, I, I have um, I have read all the other stuff about it. Now, now here's my question, and I have a few people out there that are like, Bill, don't do it, because then they'll know you have it, which I've already made a bunch of videos about this. I, you know, it's sort of public that I have it, and I really like the the configuration I have. Although, do you have any idea – how this is, go- is going to apply to like these Ronies and MCKs or MCG, the little pistol braces you stick your pistol in and then you get a couple more points of contact? You know, I don't. I, we have people who know who are much more up on the NFA than I am and how all these things are uh, um, regulated. So I defer to them anytime that uh, we're, we're writing about these things. That's why I had Jeremy write this for us. Because that that is not my area of expertise, um, so uh, I, I'm not sure what the deal is with Ronies and other chassis type setups like that. I've got two of those laying around the house. I'm trying to figure out whether I just break them in half. I currently don't have a gun that would fit. Well, I have. I don't know. Maybe my Glock 26 might would, but that'd be silly. But that's all beside the point. Um, I did mine, and I did it because I want to keep the gun. Because uh, now I, I do. Now, do you believe that this uh, whole pistol brace thing is going to get turned away at some point? I, I do think that there's going to be a um, an injunction issued um, that will stop enforcement of all this stuff. Um, the uh, being argued in court, uh, and I think that's going to that's going to stop the ATF from enforcing the new rule until the court cases can work their way through to whatever the final end will be. And I'm sure at some point someone is going to uh, apply for cert to the Supreme Court and the courts either, go, and depending on what that final ruling was before that, the court will either take it or they will let that ruling stand. Who knows what, what that'll be. I, I'm, I'm no legal prognosticator, but, um, uh, I think we can probably count on a court issuing an injunction to stop the ATF from from uh, enforcing law. Or excuse me, enforcing the rule that they just published in January. Right. In any event, I, I kind of think all of this stuff that they're doing is sort of opening up the whole idea that the NFA might sort of get reshaped at some point if it ever gets in front of the Supreme Court. So I'm not that. But the the thing is with SBRs. 
and you point this out, it's easier to make your own and do the Form 1 than it is to go buy it at a dealer and do the Form 4, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And a lot of times it's faster, too. Um, uh, and I would just suggest if your listeners have any questions about the process and what's involved, read the article we just put up last night, um, submitting ATF Form 1 to make you assemble your own NFA items easy and fast. Because uh, it really is, and as you said, you know, if, you, if you've got a, if you've got a silencer shop kiosk someplace near you, uh, it's a, it's a really easy process. That's something anybody can do, uh, and it will not take you forever. So even if you're if you're going to build your own and you're going to pay that two hundred dollar tax stamp um, after this amnesty period is over, uh, it's it's not as daunting a thing as most people think. No, I, I, and the, the other thing is, like, I was when I was thinking about this, people are going, "Well, what if they turn you down?" I was like, "Well, I buy multiple guns per year. I pass the background check all the time. Why would they turn me down?" And uh, as far as you know, yeah. I, I don't want to sound like I'm submitting or anything to this, but uh, it's you know, it's I, I don't know of anything within the NFA as far as the short barrel rifles. I've never heard of anybody saying. Uh, I've never seen an article where they go out and take this stuff from anybody. Have you? No, but anything can happen. Um, uh, I think that the, the the chances of any average law-abiding gun owner running into pro- problems with the ATF are pretty small. If you're not involved in some sort of criminal activity, if you're not building guns that you're then you know on your own and then selling them to other people, uh, which is uh, you're not allowed to do unless you're a registered firearm manufacturer. Uh, if you're not doing something crazy like that, um, chances are you're never going to run it. You're, ne- you're gonna, never going to see an ATF agent, and that's the way most of us want to keep it. Yeah. Well, there's just not that many of them laying around, is there? <laughs> no. Quite the no, rarity. There are very few ATF. Quite the exactly. rarity. Yeah, you don't, you don't see yeah. them riding around in a car going, ATF! No, exactly. Most of the time when they get together, they've got to come from far and far between and everything else or not. Definitely. Do you think the rank and file officers of the ATF are good cops and it's the leadership? That's what I hear. Uh, my, I've been told that by a lot of people who know them better than I do. Right. Uh, so that, I, I tend to believe that that's the case. But, of course, it's the people at the top who set the policies. Uh, who push new rules uh, like the one that they published in January on, on the braces. Right. Uh, and those are all politically driven. These, these are political hacks were put into place to further the goals of the current administration. Right. Hang on for me, if you will. This all is at the top of the page at the truthaboutguns.com. Uh, this will change later today. Because the it, it's a constantly fluid, fluid website. Everything changes because, well, it's the breaking news. We'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. For over twenty-five. 25- 
35 years, Aero Precision has paved the way as a leading manufacturer of American-made AR parts. Aero Precision caters to the rifle builder by engineering quality receivers, hand guards, and other essential parts. Aero Precision's added enhancements create a smooth build process from start to finish for beginners and seasoned builders. Whether this is your first rifle or your 50th, Aero Precision offers everything you need to make a quality AR at an affordable price. In the 21st century, the handgun has become the preeminent self-defense tool. At CNH Precision, we specialize in taking your weapon to the highest degree of functionality possible. With a complete array of goods and services specializing in red dot sight installation, CNH Precision will help you realize the most effective handgun the first time. If you need slide milling, installation, or accessories, go to chpws.com. CNH Precision, welcome to the Boom Squad. At Chambers Custom, we have one job. We strive to build the most obsessively, reliable, accurate, and beautiful pistols for the discriminating gun owner. Using the ageless 1911 design with a 21st century approach to each part and component, Chambers Custom meticulously begins each pistol as a standalone project, creating a bespoke, handcrafted, peerless firearm. They integrate all of the internal, external, and intrinsic elements that make a custom 1911 unique. Go to ChambersCustom.com. Chambers Custom, truly the mechanical advantage. At Spikes Tactical, we are all shooters with a very simple mission. Make the best product we can perfect at the best possible price for our consumers. We strive to produce the best components and rifles available. With quality control second to none, because real-world events don't allow for a second chance. Whether you are an operator, competitor, or home defender, Spikes Tactical will serve you well. Go to SpikesTactical.com. Spikes Tactical, 100% American-made to the highest standard. At Staccato, we know there's no such thing as a fair fight, and we bring the unfair advantage that is the 2011 platform. Dominate. At Staccato, we know the most important gun you own is the one that you're carrying when you're facing that threat to life and freedom. Win. We want you to enter that objective confidence that you are carrying the best gun in the gunfight. No compromise. No sacrifice. Staccato2011.com. Stand ready to face down the darkness with 2011. Holster.com, the home of DeSantis Quality built American-made products for 45-plus years. Supporting police and government contracts from first responders to responsible citizens. Holster.com is your source for quality American-made leather and Kydex holsters for the armed American. For concealed carry or open carry, Holster.com has what you need. We didn't invent concealment. We perfected it. Go to Holster.com now and buy a DeSantis holster today. What's in a name? If that name is Ace Firearms, you've just entered a very expensive business. First, a fully appointed gun shop with all the guns, ammo, and accessories you could possibly imagine. But then you enter the manufacturing facility that is home to Red Alligator Concealment, Militia Arms Customs, and so much more. Ace Firearms is beyond a simple gun shop. This is a totally peerless operation. To find out more, go to acefirearms.com. Ace Firearms. This is only the beginning. At MGS, we have what it takes to reinvent yourself. With a curriculum designed to balance work, family, and a gun repair education, MGS provides the gateway into one of the fastest-growing segments of the gun industry. Modern Gun School's mission is to provide high-quality distance education using time-tested materials and hands-on projects designed to develop a proficiency in both the technique and the business of gunsmithing. Go to mgs.edu. MGS Trade School. Your future is waiting.
Welcome back. This is Lock and Low. We are talking to Dan Zimmerman from the truthaboutguns.com. The, the gun industry is a juggernaut, isn't it? It is. Um, you know, there aren't a lot of publicly traded gun companies, uh, but there are a few, and, and, and ammo maker here and there, too. Um, so if you had uh, put your money in uh, those companies, oh, even a few years ago, you, you, you would have done quite well. And um, the NSSF is out with their latest tally of uh, the size of the industry and what that means in terms of jobs and wages paid and all that. And it's, um, it's pretty impressive. Um, they go back over the last 15 years comparing to where they were in 2008. And um, 2008, they, they calculate the total economic impact at about $19.1 billion. In 2022, that number was $80.7 billion, so a 322% increase in 15 years. That's about 14 years since 22. Uh, that's pretty amazing. Uh, they, um, they figure there are about 173,000 direct full-time equivalent employees in the business. Uh, suppliers have another just under 100,000. Uh, there are about 123,000 other ancillary jobs um, that are involved in the business. So it's a total of almost 400,000 people uh, around the country working in, working in the industry um, and creating an $80 billion, $80 billion industry that um, is constantly under attack by uh, a lot of politicians. I don't know how many other industries that are as big and as uh, widely supported as the gun industry is that are trying to be torn down by a lot of people in, in Washington and in the many states. Well, it's it's definitely the most regulated, isn't it? It's 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 interesting about how certainly among them, yeah. Yeah, definitely among the most regulated. Industries. It's also interesting how the president is constantly saying they're the only ones you can't be that can't be sued. They can absolutely be sued. Yeah, he's been he's been uh, debunked all over the place, even by media outlets that are otherwise very uh, sympathetic to him. The Washington Post called him out on it. I think Politifact called him out. It's an utter lie. So the, the gun companies have, can and have been sued many, many times before. He uses that angle of attack to try to gin up support for killing the P Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act, um, which is the only thing that keeps the industry from being sued to death by plaintiff's attorneys um, after after a mass shooting, um, for the latest being that while we were in Indianapolis last week, uh, you know, there was a shooting at a FedEx facility, that FedEx is a large facility there. Um, and there was a workplace shooting, I think it was a year ago. Um, and the, uh, some of the, uh, survivors of that shooting filed suit against, uh, the gun maker, and um, I think maybe even the ammo maker um, while we were there. So, again, these people still try to um, file these lawsuits claiming 
all sorts of novel legal uh, theories um, as to how a gunmaker who made and sold a legal product is somehow liable when somebody who is mentally disturbed or otherwise or a criminal um, decides to do something terrible with the firearm. Many, many times um, those guns have been stolen, uh, but sometimes they're even purchased legally. Uh, you know, you, gun retailers, gun manufacturers are clairvoyant, can't read the minds of their customers. And when you sell, I don't know what the number is, it's 12 to 14 million new firearms a year. Yeah. Um, every once in a while, someone who with bad intention is going to buy one. Someone who otherwise is perfectly legal uh, and, and it's well within their rights to buy a firearm, but has bad thoughts in their in their mind and evil in their hearts, and they're going to do something terrible with it. How a gun ma- manufacturer is to know that, I, I'm not sure sure how that logic works out. Me either. Me either. I, I know that it is. Uh, it has been spreading out. There's a lot of, you know, I, I've heard a lot of things about, oh, you know, we're, we're in the middle of the, the gun recession, and, and the recession is killing the gun industry, and yet we still have record-setting months as far as gun sales right now, don't we? We have more companies out there putting out more guns than I've ever seen. Yeah, we're not quite where we were in 2020, um, but we have definitely settled to a new normal, which is higher than we ever were before, um, where we've, we've had, I can't remember how many now, consecutive months of over 1 million uh, adjusted background checks, which is the best measure of retail gun sales um, that the NSSF calculates every month. Um, so, yeah, I mean, people look around, they read the headlines, uh, they hear about prosecutors who don't want to prosecute and uh, city councils and, and state legislatures that pass laws like they have in Illinois and other states where they're basically going to decriminalize huge, uh, all kinds of criminal activity. Um, and they also see it taking longer and longer for police to respond due to undermanned police force. And people realize that Increasingly, they are their own first responder, and it's going to be up to them to right. protect their family. Right. So, someone, someone with a uniform can eventually show up. Speaking of that, while while I'm thinking about this, uh, how are things going in Austin? Uh, they're going well. In fact, the chief of police just announced last week that uh, um, crime has fallen by about 25% in the last uh, in the two to three weeks since the uh, Texas DPS officers have started uh, patrolling the streets as well. And uh, people on the left are howling things. You know, sample size way too low. You can't possibly um, conclude anything yet. And, and the DPS people um, who are now enforcing traffic regulations because that hadn't been done in two years here, um, you know, making traffic stops and arresting people that they're all, um, uh, profiling people and they're conducting unlawful stops and, you know, they're doing all kinds of horrible things. Um, meanwhile, uh, 
I think uh, the average Houstonian is uh, just glad to have more people enforce the laws on the street. Glad to see the number of crimes going down. Indeed. Indeed. Well, it's good to know that the gun industry is uh, enjoying a robust health and growing and all this other stuff, and, and, and especially in the face of this economy. I imagine this economy is what's driving it. I could be wrong. Yeah, it, it, along with those, you know, those factors I mentioned, um, you know, a lot of a lot of increased criminal activity in cities that seem to be tilting toward the criminals rather than law-abiding citizens. Right. In any event, this article, this is right now as as we're speaking, it is the lead article on the website. Well, it was the lead article on the website. It has changed while we've been talking about it. This is this is what it is about when it comes to uh, when it comes to talking about things at thetruthaboutguns.com. It is a constantly fluid, changing environment, and uh, yeah, that's a lovely thing. I love it. I, that, I go there just to get a idea of uh, what's happening in the world today. We'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. Lock and Load, and I am speaking with Dan Zimmerman. He is the editor-in-chief at thetruthaboutguns.com. And recently there was an occasion for the ATF director to be in front of Congress. And he was sort of, uh, he was, he was, he, he was sort of a, how would I put it? He's a representative of what is exactly wrong with the, uh, with the Biden administration. Because he's a guy... He's a guy that wants to ban assault weapons, but then he admits to them, I don't even know what one is. Yeah, and that seems to be a um, a pattern with the current administration. You've got a you've got a transportation secretary who knows nothing about transportation, who thinks that uh, highways are racist. You have a new labor secretary candidate who tried tried her best to outlaw independent work in California when she was there. You've got a Secretary of Health and Human Services. Exactly, the gig economy. You've got a Secretary of Health and Human Services who is an attorney who knows nothing about health or human services. Um, And now we have a director of the ATF who was basically hired to implement the Biden administration's war on guns, a key component of which is outlawing, once again, so-called assault weapons in this country. Um, and if the Biden administration could, uh, were ever able to force through another 94 assault weapon ban type law now, um, the ATF would be responsible for enforcing that. Yet the current director, Steve Dettelbach, has no idea what an assault weapon, quote-unquote, is. 
uh, yesterday uh, um, a uh, representative from Texas, Jake uh, Elsey, uh, asked him, said, can you please fire an assault weapon? And um, that's when uh, Director Delabach started dancing. Uh, he said, you know, if Congress wants to take that up, I think Congress could uh, have to do that work, but we would be there to provide technical assistance, yada, 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 yada. Well, I, I mean, unlike you, am not a firearms expert. Well, this, uh, I don't know here, if Delabach ever here, even. Here's my question about this, though. Yeah. With, with that statement, couldn't the admitted, couldn't the uh, House take up and make a bill saying assault weapons have selector switches, and if unless they have a switch to ch- change to automatic, they are not assault weapons? Of course, they could. They could make that uh, bill. Yes, they could. I will not hold my breath waiting for that to happen. Um, instead, if somebody drew up another assault weapons ban, which has happened a number of times since 1994. Um, and Feinstein did that almost uh, every other year. Yeah. Since then, whenever the you know, whenever the new gun magazines would come out, she would do it. She was going by the pictures. Exactly. Yeah, she would. She would absolutely do that. We don't have to worry about that anymore because she's now um, retired without actually retiring. Yeah. Because um, uh, she's she's no longer capable of doing work. Right. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, if we got if we ever had another so-called assault weapons ban, then they would, I'm sure, write it very similar to the old one, which would detail all sorts of um, horrible features, which they think make uh, semi-automatic rifles more lethal, terrible things like pistol grips, uh, forward grips, telescoping stocks, barrel shrouds, uh, you know, things that go up. Uh, People who write these laws have no idea what they're talking about. They have no expertise in the area at all. They end up getting their uh, expert advice from gun control advocacy organizations, most of whom have absolutely no expertise either in that area, which is how you end up with stupid laws um, that are poorly written Um uh, and regulations that outlaw an AR-15 believe a Ruger Mini-14, which is effectively the same gun, uh, as perfectly legal. So, in my mind, I'm just thinking to myself what they could do if they wanted to, because since they use what, what they use are all uh, you know cosmetic features, uh, couldn't they get out and say a true assault weapon is based upon a mechanical difference in the civilian version? which is the automatic sear that is built into the gun. Guns that are not... They certainly could. Yeah. Well, see, wouldn't that be better than being reactive? Why why do you think we're not seeing this? I think think I'm going to be getting on my guy to do this. I'm going to be getting on all Um, to do this. Well, of course, it has an auto sear that makes it a machine gun, which, of course, makes it an NFA item and already puts it under a much higher regulatory burden than your average AR-15. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd be all for that. Uh, that'd be just fine if they want to do that. Uh, well, not for any gun ban, but if it, it uh, um, you know, if oh, they were I'm, going I'm, to I'm, be I'm, that specific. Yeah, but see, I'm not, what I'm not, what I'm advocating is not a gun ban. All I'm saying is define it. Since it, whenever they get out there and they say, oh, we want to ban assault weapons. Okay, what's an assault weapon? Well, I don't know. 
let's define it for them. Yes, but that of course wouldn't include the AR-15. And all they—they they don't know anything. They don't know much. But the only thing they do know is the AR-15 is is a quote unquote assault weapon. Right. AK-47 is an is a quote unquote assault weapon, right. and they don't have auto spheres. Well, that that's going to have to be explained to them. That's that's the part that's going to have to be. Yeah, that this is going to ha- it's going to have to get the Bruin treatment. Outlining yeah. in detail. They need to hire you. Uh, yeah, Kevin McCarthy <laughs> needs to hire you. And then yeah, again, I'm not going to hold my breath until that happens. Well, but, uh, probably, probably not a bad. I'm idea. here to serve. Yeah. Okay. Probably not a bad idea that you are not holding your breath on that one, but. What I, I just I think this this it opens a door to me when they do this when they say well of course that leaves it up to you guys to define it which what Dettelbach is doing is he's inviting them to to put a band together right well yeah in effect he is he's correct he said if Congress wishes wishes to take that up and he prefaced his comment with that uh, and he is right about that ATF cannot write or define. Uh, what an assault weapon is. All they can do is, is uh, apply the laws written. And what happened in 94 was Congress wrote an assault weapons ban, defined what's covered under this, right. uh, sometimes with specific model numbers, and the ATF enforced it. Have you, do you ever, I, 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 now, AR-15s were made during the, uh, during this period of time. They were what I, I guess they were. They were assault weapon ban compliant AR-15s with no muzzle devices or anything else on them. Have you ever seen one of those? Is there are any of those still out there? I don't know. I've certainly seen California compliant ones that are being sold today. Yeah, you know they've got those weird grips. You know where you can't get your thumb around, and yeah, they've got no muzzle devices at all, and they've got fixed stocks. So you can shoot them. You know, and they've got. They don't, they don't take loadable magazines. I'm not sure. I can't remember. Like, the last I've seen one or how you load those. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 look, manufacturers, gun makers find ways around these, sure rules, these rules and laws all the time, and they will continue to do so. And then they'll be criticized by the, the gun controlling companies for, actually, for following the law and making guns that that comply with the laws as written. Yeah. Well, I mean, the kid kid that shot up that Topps grocery store, he bought a New York-compliant AR-15. Yes, he did. Yeah, there's nothing illegal there. Yeah, it was mechanically, uh, you know, there was a couple things that were done to it that wouldn't be done to mine. But then he simply overcame those and then went in there with a, in his state, illegally modified AR-15 and went on a killing spree. Correct. Yeah, and somehow the gun control laws, that prevented what he did do that to that gun didn't they, stop him from doing what he did. They didn't, and, and then it never will. What? What happened? Yeah, it's, uh, I, I, it's a mystery. <laughs> uh, that's uh, anyway. I know that they want to make a bunch of us felons and everything, and that, you know, that, I, I'm glad at least he admitted to that. But I, I think he's trying to invite something to happen, and I. I think what should happen is I think maybe a Matt Gates gets a hold of it and says, "Oh, you need help defining what it is. Well, I'll be happy to do that for you. Here's what it is, and put it put it down on paper and send it to him. Now go with that. I'm running out of time here. Thank you very much for taking the time to join me today, sir. Happy to do it as always. Thank you. Yes, sir. The truthaboutguns.com. This is where Dan does his work, and uh, since since I have been on. 
uh, on the phone with him, and we've been doing this interview. It has changed once while I've been here. So, and it will change again very shortly, and that is the beauty of the truth about guns. Hour number two is inbound. We'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.